Some of you don't know the name, but that's that guy from the Hunger Games. Transformers the last night. Beauty and the Beast and Spotlight. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Standing Stanley Tucci. I'm David. And I'm Muerte. No, I'm Hannah. You're you're death. My name means death. Don't you forget. My name is Muerte. Um, yes, we have Stanley Tucci finally breaking free of the restrictions of of the Italian criminal stereotype to play a <laughs> Hispanic criminal. Woo! That's right. We are talking about the the classic 1993 film uh, <laughs> Undercover Blues. Everybody knows. Everyone classic remembers. Classic by absolutely no definition, starring uh, <laughs> Kathleen Turner and Dennis Quaid, uh, two actors who are not exactly actors anymore <laughs> and a baby i guess which is fine i think like <laughs> most recently kathleen turner had like a guest voice on on rick and morty which is funny but uh we we stand don't we stand kathleen turner yeah sure let's let's do it she <laughs> kathleen turner is our whomst we also for this week getting it out of the way early because boy howdy is this movie weird <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, it's not that weird, like, in premise. It's just like, hey, it's another, like, a married couple, our former spies. They're trying to be on vacation, but then they get roped into a spy thing. It's just, like, so much happens, and yet nothing happens, you know? Well, no, no, it's just just nothing happens. I don't think anything, like, so much, like, it's just a series of, like, Looney Tunes-style, like, action scenes where Dennis yeah. Quaid is, like... Bugs Bunny going like, hey, you know, I'm just trying to live my life. <laughs> People keep trying to kill me. <laughs> Whatever. I'm I'm just... Rolls off my back. I don't care. So there's just, like, no, like, structure or arc to the story. It's just a series of set pieces. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's so bizarre. I think you likening Dennis Quaid's character to Bugs Bunny is entirely accurate. But it's also overly praising the performance which is just you know it doesn't have any of the subtleties it's, of a bugs bunny let's say that it's a little psychotic though it's a little like american psycho you know or like the, he's just constantly smiling and it's you know that very charming dennis quaid smile but he's like right. smiling as he's like holding a baby in one arm and like shanking a guy with his other hand and it's like <laughs> yes he plays um former spy or spy on vacation <laughs> maybe uh jeff blue uh who's there with his wife uh, jane blue and their newborn mm who like doesn't quite have a name yet like they're kind of they're kind of testing out some names i guess yeah it's part of a subplot which will eventually lead to them naming the child after jane as a reward for doing good espionage and cia work <laughs> um yeah yeah i think like the best way to describe this movie is just like you know if if he's Bugs Bunny, then, like, Stan Tucci is Elmer Fudd, who's yeah. just comically, like, crashing into his spy... Um, shenanigans. Shenanigans, because he is a vengeful mugger, of of which I'm sure there are many in New Orleans. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> where the film is set. It's, it's, yeah, it's set in New Orleans. I don't know why. They do nothing with the setting other it's than, Tax like, breaks, man. I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> that break must have been really big in 93 because there were other movies set in uh, <laughs> in New Orleans. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, yeah, it's like, it's just New Orleans. They talk about, like, gumbo and they play some trumpets occasionally. But uh, And there's some horrible cops with just, like, awful fake, like, Nolan's draws that yeah, it's, a, are... it's just this fake Cajun accent and done really high pitched for for comedy, uh, done by and like lispy. Yeah, uh... <laughs> it's Larry Miller. That's right. His name. Yeah, Larry Miller, um, who he had like some notable parts on like uh, I think he was on Seinfeld once, and uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly where, where, what he's known for most, but he just has, like, a lot of these, like, TV roles, and then I guess this really high-pitched Cajun role. He's in The Nutty Professor 2. Oh, he's in 10 Things I Hate About You and The Princess Diaries. He's the... Oh, that's who he is. That's how we know him. He's the, the hairdresser in The Princess Diaries. Ah, well, I see, I know him as the doorman that Jerry gets into a, a tiff with on Seinfeld. Oh, okay, that's, okay. That's, you know... That's my sphere of knowledge. <laughs> Very limited. But yeah, so he sucks. Uh, I can't stand it when he's on screen. Um, the, the man has passed away, so I will pay respect to him for his other roles. But this one is not his uh, best work. No, absolutely not. Anything else with story? Like, is there anything to say about the story here? Um... So, like, the spies, it's very, like, post-Cold War, you know, where... Right, she's from, like, a fall... There's a villain uh, who's from a, like, fallen Czechoslovakia who's trying to get her hands on, like, thermonuclear weapons of some kind that are in a briefcase. Yeah, instead of, like, C2, it's C22. (laughs) Right, but, like, most poorly written spy screenplays... Like, as soon as she finds out that spies are after her, like, the whole plot of, like, getting the weapons is sort of put on the back burner in favor of just, like, sending goons to go kill these, like, spies because they're too dangerous to be left alone. Right. Um, And surprisingly, Tucci is not one of those goons. He's an unrelated mugger who tries to mug Jeff Blue in the first scene. Yeah. And then... The movie practically opens with Tucci. Uh, he's he's right in there and i will say he gets fourth uh opening credits like sure yeah he's on the back cover of the dvd uh which why is there a dvd of this i don't don't know. know uh there there is an interview that i think both of us watched where the woman uh interviewing him is like so this will be great for your career right and he's like well i don't hold my breath i think it may have been hannah we don't know i think it might have things get better too i really think it might have as like terrible as this movie is he yeah, was he... in a movie with Kathleen Turner and Dennis Quaid, who were big <laughs> stars of the 90s. So, like, you know, getting getting that screen time. Yeah, he's the comic foil. He's the big yeah. comic relief. He has more screen time than I think any other character besides the, the main two and, uh, and the cop. Mm-hmm. Who's tagging along with them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so... Basically, he tries to mug Dennis Quaid in the first scene, uh, and Dennis Quaid has his baby with him, but he beats Tucci up with a stroller, even though Tucci's being very dramatic and saying, 
I am muerte. I I am death. And he's like, okay, Morty. <laughs> yeah. I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we might have to, I know this is a Stan podcast, but we may have to cancel the Tooch for this role. No, there's it's no way we're canceling great. him. Yes, this is a clear example of they wrote a really racist character named Huerte, and then they <laughs> offered it to Antonio Banderas, and he said, no, this is too racist. Um, and then Tucci said, I'll do the voice. Right. Uh, but it's for it's his career. It's not a horrible accent, but it's not great. You know, no, it's bad. I mean, it it doesn't sound anything like a real person. Hispanic, it's yeah. totally cartoony. But that's what everybody else is doing. He's matching tones. You know, that's what I he guess. does as an actor. You know, yeah. I'm reminded of Giorgio from uh, from uh, In the Soup or Gregoire. Mm. I called him Giorgio Gregoire. again. Gregoire. Gregoire. The, the the bad French accent, French which complements the other over-the-top characters in that. In this... No, I loved that French accent. I thought that was great. Oh, it was beautiful. But I'm sure <laughs> that anyone who actually is from France would be like... Um, <laughs> but Tucci doing Mexican, it's just very... It's a lot of, what are you doing, Dude, you know? Yeah. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, not really picking a specific, like, region that he would be from, kind of mixing, like, Cholo and Mobster and, like, New York yeah. and L.A. kind of different, <laughs> different sounds together. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> he does a lot of high-pitched screaming, which we, uh, we all recognize from Beethoven. Yes. So much high-pitched screaming in this, for sure. It, there's a lot of that. Um, yeah, I would say I would say it's in the soup meets Beethoven for for Tucci. <laughs> um, we do need to talk about uh, Tucci's arms and and legs in this movie because we get to see a lot of it. Right, there's a, a scene where he's trying to kill Dennis Quaid again as revenge for getting beat up once in the first scene in the movie. But David, he gets mocked ruthlessly the whole time. For being for being beat up by a guy with a baby. I mean, yeah. can you imagine a man taking care of a child? And beating that must up be another a weakling, man. A weak man, and it would be foolish to get beat up by a weak-willed man who would push a stroller around. Right. Um... But yeah, so he's trying to kill him, and so he gets pushed into a, an alligator enclosure. <laughs> At the zoo, yeah. <laughs> At the zoo. Um, uh, you know, and he he's just running for his life. He climbs up a tree, and then Dennis Quaid convinces him to take off his shirt, jacket, and pants. Yeah. And just well, no, be no, there leaves... in his undies. <laughs> I think he leaves him his shirt, but definitely the jacket and the undies are gone, and uh, for those of you watching our video podcast, which uh, you can watch on YouTube, by the way, <laughs> uh, his you can see those arms. They're just rippling right. with muscle. But we've seen his arms in, in many films before. What we haven't seen is those thighs. Those thighs. His though. thigh game is mm. sort of on point as well. Mm. So, mm. you know, They're he doesn't skip leg day. No, they're very juicy. There's some good... And he looks great wet, honestly. Like, he really pulls off... <laughs> right, he's, he's covered in in swamp swamp goo. Yeah, he <laughs> he pulls it off. Tucci makes it work. It's his uh, metropolitan air, you know? Right. So the other, like, running gag with Tucci is that every time he gets beat up, he spits out, like, two or three teeth. 
but you never actually see him missing teeth. You only ever see him missing, like, the same, like, one tooth on, on his, like, right, right. side. Right, he just keeps spitting out teeth and then screaming in a high-pitched and girly ah, way. I don't know. Ugh. It's it's kind of a delightful performance. It's certainly the saving grace of the film, if there can be one. Yeah, the the banter between, you know, the husband and wife between Kathleen Turner and Dennis Quaid is painful. Um, it's not particularly funny. Yeah, you know, it's just like, it's that classic, like, bad, right? Like, ba- it's just bad screenwriting, like, yeah. all around. It's just like, hey, we should do what we did in Budapest. Oh, do you mean Milan? Oh, do you, no, I mean, uh, I mean Budapest. And then they're, like, disagreeing about it. And it's like, uh, uh, they're spies, but they bicker like a married couple. Ah, there's just so much annoying bickering and, like, oh, I can't believe my husband in it. And it's just like, I don't want to watch this. I don't like this in real life. Why would I enjoy it now? No, to- <laughs> absolutely so. <sucks. laughs> Um, and then there's also like some weird like throwaway lines that are like I'm a comedy writer lines where it's like oh y- you bought that doll for your two year old and it's like no I bought it for myself it's a post feminist doll <laughs> yeah she she wears sneakers to work but she doesn't like it and it's like all right great you wrote a comedy line about is it post feminist doll whatever it's yeah it's it's all just weird it's so white bread it's so like for that like liberal middle class uh kind of audience the only joke that i liked and i liked it a heck of a lot is that after the whole movie is over um the cop is like what do you what's your next mission you're gonna go invade cuba and then they just get in a boat and say, which direction's Cuba? Cuba. And then they go to take over Cuba. Cuba. It's very weird. <laughs> which is true to, I guess, how the CIA operates uh, in an ideal situation. <laughs> if, they had, if they had a super spy like Dennis Quaid, I, they surely would have invaded uh, oh. Cuba a second time by now. <laughs> or third if time? Only, so, if definitely only. second time. Right? Definitely a second time, at least. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much Undercover Blues. It's pretty short. It wasn't a long movie, and no. there's not a lot. There's just to no talk substance. About. It's like, what do yeah. we talk about? Like this, this I mean, Russian you... Czechoslovakian villain played by Mrs. Dursley from the Harry Potter <laughs> movies. You know, who just like drowns people in salt. I guess. Yeah, it's it's very strange. She's also just like doing the worst accent I've ever heard here too. But everyone is. This this the whole what name one character who has an accent that doesn't sound completely awful. I don't know. I mean, no one who does an accent is right. the answer. Oh, uh Tom Arnold is in this. Talk about like an actor who doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like Tucci just with all the most famous actors of the time, and none of whom still act. <laughs> Except for him. Right. I mean, I guess, was, like, it, was Tom Arnold in that Real Rob show? Am I, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. know. We don't like Tom Arnold on this show. If you're I'm, a Tom Arnold fan, go... Make go, your own podcast. Go to your room. Uh, <laughs> go to your yeah. room? <laughs> yeah. Just make your own podcast. Um... <laughs> Uh, did, did you notice any Tucci-isms? Um, no, it's a lot of just the screaming. He's mugging a lot. You know, sure. like I said, he's he's developing this sort of farce, uh, yes. farcical 
and, 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 and he's doing more stunts than I think he's done in any film before this. In the A ton. It's all his own stunts, too. Right. It, you know, it's like pratfalls, which are, a, you know, they're a type of stunt. They're sometimes, I guess, sort of seen as, like, easier than, like, the Tom Cruise cool stunts. But, like... He I don't know. Got hurt. Like he was battered yeah. and bruised after like a lot of days of working. Yeah. Um also in the interview that we watched of him where he was saying this is like the hardest shoot he's ever done, he talks about how he flew to uh to France uh, after, you know, v- visiting the um the Venice Film Festival and he was staying at a hotel in France and a guy tried to climb in the window <laughs> and he just Pushed him out the window. <laughs> so, Which is Tucci, some... actual badass in real life. There's our Tucci fun fact. We haven't had a Tucci fun fact in a while. I think that's... I don't know if yeah, it's fun, that's but it's pretty our fun, fun fact. I mean, that Tucci once pushed a man out of a second story window, and then he fell to the ground and then ran away, you know, because he was yeah. trying to rob the place. And Tucci delivers it just like, oh yeah, and um, someone tried to break into my hotel. Oh, what did you do? I threw him out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I love how, you know, he starts this this interview with this woman who, you know, is just interviewing him for, like, the local NBC affiliate stations, um, you know, as a promotion for Undercover Blues. But, you know, she starts off being like, what's your last name again? Remind me. I don't really know you. Um, and then she ends with being like, oh, I like you, you little charmer, your feisty sense of <laughs> yeah, humor. He, he charms her. Oh, yeah. And he, she, he asks, she asks, like, you know, what what would people have seen you in? And, yeah. uh, you know, he says, you know, oh, you know, Billy Bathgate. Uh, he says the public eye. He mentions the public eye. The public eye. You know, these are his big recent prestige, prestige type movies. And then she's yeah. like, oh, you were in Beethoven, weren't you? So you can see the way that, like, somebody might, like, try to think, like, oh, I'm building my resume by being right. in Billy Bathgate, this big movie with Dustin Hoffman. And he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. The kids movie. That's how people will know your name. And so it's, it's happening for him, yeah. folks. He's becoming yeah. a real star uh, and, and possibly leaving... His, you know, his first love, which was Broadway, uh, for for a good long while. <laughs> so um, at the time that uh, this mo- film was released, he was uh, performing on off Broadway in uh, in a production of another farce. Uh, oh. <laughs> would you like to introduce that one? Yeah, yeah. Let me uh, let me pull that up. Uh, yeah, it's the play Scap Scapin 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 Scat. Scapine. Scapine. Uh, Scapine. Yeah, so it's it's based on an old, you know, Moliere uh, play that, uh, you know, was first performed in 1671, but has it's had, a... you know, tons of variations and, and re-adaptations. It's, of course, very Italian, like yes, him. Yes, yes. Uh, um, so this is a review by yeah, Mel Yeah, for our Gusso. Tucci News, I thought we could do a sort of throwback Tucci News to a review of his performance in the New York Times... Published uh, January 27th, 1993. Uh, So would you like to uh, start us off? I love this. Um, Thank you, Mel Gusso, for your uh, reporting. I hope you're still around. Right, if you're still alive. (laughs) And still still critiquing the theater. Uh, The title is great. A Mistro of Mischief Updated Malevolently. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, and I kind of want to start with this Great. second paragraph where yeah. he talks about Tucci. 
So yeah. he says, as always, Scapin needs an agile scamp, in this case, Stanley <laughs> Tucci, a quick change clown with a sly deadpan and a gift for mimicry. With more malevolence than is customary in the role, he puts the intricate plot in motion and then casually sidesteps into improvisation. Interrupting the play, he converses with theater goers, scrambling through the seats, and then settles back waiting for the comedy to continue. But without him on stage, the show takes a long pause. So that's, that's you know, it's one of these meta sort of plays yeah. that everyone loves. Oh. Um, but, but this reviewer seems very enthusiastic about his performance. Yeah, I love that description of him as a quick change clown with a sly deadpan and a gift for mimicry. Like right. I, Also, I quick think... change, like I said, when we were trying to figure out what quick change meant for the film Quick Change I was telling Bill you. Murray, it is a theater term. As director, Mr. Belgrader has gathered an energetic company of performers, but except for Ken Cheeseman as Scapine Straight... <laughs> Cheeseman? Is it Cheeseman? Chessman? Cheeseman? I like cheese man. <laughs> That's how I Ken read it. Cheese man. Ken Cheeseman as Scapine Straight Man. None of them can match Mr. Tucci for inventiveness, and a few of them have been pushed into caricature. I can never say that word. Caricature. Caricature. There yeah, we go. So Tucci in film is being forced into caricature by the directors, but when he's on the stage, he brings a reality to these uh, these pranksters and and. Uh, Raconteurs. <laughs> At a recent performance, no matter how much Mr. Tucci cajoled the theatergoers, many of them were reluctant to join him in making fools of themselves on stage. <laughs> Audience invasion is a risky business. Then, too, Rusty McGee's score is largely incidental, from gospel to gypsy, ooh, except for one droll touch. Whenever love is mentioned, an angelic choir warbles from some hidden rafter in the theater. Ooh. <laughs> so again, just everything sucks in this play except for Tucci. Yeah, yeah. Next Happily, paragraph. Mr. Tucci is an artful farceur, uh, meaning he's good at farce. Whether he is trying <laughs> to draw a faster response from the slow-talking Mr. Cheeseman, making brazen promises to his lovesick master, or trying to decide what his next pratfall might be, at one point he imitates a global array of character types, interspersed with specific impersonations from life and cinema. So this is what, in, in the interview that we saw, Tucci was talking about, the only thing harder to do than <laughs> than Undercover Blues is this play, which is also Pratt Falls, but it's every single night. Right. And, you know, two times a day, potentially, with matinees. Yeah. Just <laughs> naturally, the sex scene is the comic centerpiece. In that encounter, Skepin persuades his master's father to climb inside a sack and hide from potential attack. The sole attacker is... Of course, Scapine, who covertly pummels the gullible old windbag. Mr. Tucci carries off the duplicity in his own subsequent deathbed scene with roguish aplomb. As the rascal Scapine, the actor is irrepressible. Scapine by Moliere. The yeah, end. and then it just goes on to list all of the credits. So yeah. I think that's a great review. I'm sure this is, you know, this was pinned on his wall at the time Some. Somewhere. I mean, there's there's a picture of the review, uh, I believe, of Tucci uh, in the role. Oh yeah, yeah. Wrong. They would have they would have taken a picture of the of you know they would have taken several pictures you know for the right. report. But if the whole review is about Tucci in the lead role, you got to give it to him. 
But he did not win any awards for this performance. That wouldn't come until a few years later. Yeah. So that's yeah. foreshadowing. Um, Speaking of foreshadowing, <laughs> we'll join you again next week with another tale set in the the bayou in New Orleans. <laughs> It's my terrible New Orleans accent. I'm so sorry. Right, and if anyone's offended by that, don't watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. It's so But if bad. you if you enjoy seeing, uh, let's let's call it caricature. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I think you will see Tucci as the true irrepressible scamp that he is in our next feature. Right. <laughs> We're gonna watch the Pelican Brief next time, so get ready for some. Pelican briefs. Antics. Bye. See you later. Bye bye. Some of you don't know the name, but that's that guy from the Hunger Games. Transformers the last night. Beauty and the Beast and Spotlight. Writer and director of Big Night. Yes. Would you like to continue the next paragraph? Sure. The adaptation by Mr. Belgrader and Shelley Burke lacks the hilarious precision of the version of. Ramu's nephew, I don't know if I said that correctly, <laughs> uh, which they made Diderot seem like the forefather of the absurd. In contrast, their scupping is so easygoing as to seem lackadaisical. Too much is left to the agility of the actors and the responsiveness of the audience. Uh, so he's critiquing the playwrights and the directors. Right. You want to keep going? Because I feel like we might we might cut that paragraph. I'm not saying we definitely will, but... Probably. It's not a good one. Well, we can cut that paragraph. <laughs> <laughs>